0: Welcome to Two Chicks, Three Seats, the podcast that takes a look at the hospitality industry's hottest topics. Two Chicks, Three Seats is hosted by Kate Kennedy and Rachel
1: Calkins and is brought to you by Triple Seat, the industry leader in event management software. Find out
0: more about Triple Seat at Mm TripleSeat.com. Hello, hello to all of our listeners, and welcome back to another episode of Two Chicks, Three Seats. Today, we're going to dive deep into the topic of third-party delivery services in the hospitality industry, which we love to talk about, (laughs) because it's a conversation that is frequently discussed with frustration across the industry, as you also would know from our previous episodes. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) So be prepared, we may do a little criticizing of these services, but instead of just hating on the delivery services, we wanna provide some tangible insight that could help restaurants move away from the third-party delivery model and create their own direct delivery service in-house. And although it may seem like a daunting additional service to add to your restaurant operations, there is a great benefit, aside from just the cost, to move from being third-party dependent to self-sufficient. For sure. So.
1: Yeah. It's a great
0: topic we have today.
1: It is. It is. And I'm going to do my best to not, like, you know, vent the entire episode. I'm really holding it in for all of you. (laughs) But let's just start with the story that sparked this episode um, in general. So the other day, Rachel – actually, was it yesterday, Rachel, or a few days ago? It was a you, few days ago. Yeah, it was a few days ago. You sent me the article from San Francisco, um, yeah, com, And they were talking about how food delivery delivery workers are forced to promote ballot measures that decides their fate. Okay? So that's the title of the um from the article. And I was like, "Oh god, this I didn't open it at first. I was like this is going to really piss me off." <laughs> I know it is. And it did. Um, So this is a California issue right now, just a California issue, but hopefully it doesn't spread. So basically, the gist of it is DoorDash is putting delivery orders into bags that say yes on 22. So by default, they're forcing their delivery drivers to deliver the food order in those bags. And yes on 22 is a reference to a ballot measure in California That would ensure California's third party delivery drivers would be classified as independent contractors and not classified as employees. So, this is just horrible for those delivery drivers, right? If they're classified as independent contractors, like the ballot Prop 22 says, the drivers would not receive the same wages, benefits, and other guarantees that full employment entails. So, it's way worse for the drivers. So, basically, DoorDash is making their employees hand out these bags that are supporting a ballot measure that hurts their rights as workers. So normally I talk about the frustrations with DoorDash and other third party delivery services and how they affect the restaurant industry, but this is affecting the drivers. So now they're not only hurting the restaurant industry, they're hurting their, their own employees. Like this is so messed up to me. I, I'm not gonna ban. <laughs> but i not going to vent, but it's so frustrating. Like. I just don't understand. How much more money do you need? You're not suffering during the pandemic. They're like the one, you know, besides like people who make masks and (laughs) and sanitizer, you're in toilet paper. You're not suffering during this pandemic. So like, why are you being so greedy? It's just, it's gross. Like, I can't. I'm sorry. I just, yeah, this is. Just- no, I
0: know. And it's just frustrating too. Cause what is the driver supposed to do? Like they have to hand out the bag. If the food is in that bag, they can't do anything about it, even though they know what the meaning is behind it. Yes. I mean, that is,
1: that is so, so messed up. Like I, I could use, so I could like, I, yeah, I don't know. It's just awful. I can't even like in those poor people. Cause most of those people are doing that work because they lost their jobs during the pandemic. So they're, They have to do this, and I'm sure a lot of them have families and they have bills to pay. And they all have bills to pay, obviously. But it's just, yeah, it's so messed
0: up. I agree. But that's what we want. We want to, yeah. So we're starting on a bad note, but it just kind of sparked the conversation where we were like, okay, we really want to just talk about more in depth these third party delivery services and like the problems aside from just the cost to the restaurant like this is another issue that is coming in the news and there's already like always been so many headlines about different situations that happen and different people being challenged and frustrated in all sorts of ways by these services so we thought it deserved a whole episode to discuss a little bit (laughs) (laughs) so just to kind of like kick off aside from that problem that kate just mentioned but overall problem with the third-party delivery services in the restaurant industry. So, like, obviously, when people, like, when restaurants get into using these services, it's because they're looking to take the weight of delivery off of their own shoulders and have these other services do it. But, like, it's really just hurting them in the end. Like, they already are working on thin margins, like, some 15 to 20% at some, like, fast casual restaurants is a stat that I was reading about. And then with the third party delivery services, keeping 20 to 30% of sales on orders, that's like, you know, it's, they need that money. Right. And
1: those margins, those are like normal restaurant margins, right? So right now the margins are even thinner. And, and I, and I think a lot of restaurants are trying to, you know, they're trying to outweigh like, or trying to even out those margins by, you know, upping the price of their food and some other things, but, and cutting staff, but I mean, the margins, they're probably right now that they're less than 15 to 20%. So, I mean, it's really, yeah, they take a huge chunk of their money already, for sure. Right,
0: right. And I mean, I saw another stat that was saying that 84% of business owners said that the fees weren't worth the result. So, I mean, it sounds like it's in, in, from an outsider perspective a little bit. It seems like sometimes a restaurant gets into this situation by being a little bit reliant on these third party services to have their delivery work. And then maybe they feel stuck like they can't move. And obviously, during COVID, like Kate and I were saying before we recorded that there's so many other things going on, and they don't necessarily have the staff to do it themselves. So they are reliant on these third party services. But 84% of owners are saying it's not worth the fees. So maybe they do want to get out, but they just aren't sure because they're just so used to the systems that they already have in place.
1: Right. And the thing, and also like so many of them were just forced to jump into delivery services back in March that they didn't have like, they didn't have the time to think it through. They were like, okay. Like I need to lay off my employees because I want them to make unemployment so they can survive, but I also need to keep delivering food and I can't deliver it all myself. And I have to figure this out in 48 hours or I'm going to lose my business. So I guess DoorDash it is, you know, it's like, they didn't really have a lot of choices. So, and it's not just DoorDash, DoorDash, all the third party delivery services take a lot of fees. It's, it's all of them. So, Right.
0: right. Yeah. They're all making the headlines. They all have their own (laughs) column of like (laughs) problems against them. (laughs) But I mean, obviously, the cost, the financial cost to the restaurant is one thing. But then, restaurants, when they're using these services, they don't have any part of like the data that's managed because that's all part of the third party platform. And so then that kind of interferes with the direct relationship between a restaurant and its customers. And obviously the restaurants are wanting to build up these relationships and find their repeat customers and be able to find these people and like build that community with them. And so by using the third party, it's like the middleman that is, you know, just coming in between that relationship building, which is another downside of using this kind of platform
1: yeah and that's that's like a really interesting point that I honestly never thought of and and it's true I mean those like even just like an email list that you have at your restaurant and you send out you know deals or whatever and if you can't use those through a third party I mean you need that you're right you need that relationship especially now so I I didn't realize that that was the case it makes sense but i didn't realize that they you know they didn't allow that you had to use their deals or their coupons and that just makes them mm-hmm. more money i'm sure rather than the restaurant so
0: right it's essentially like you're doing business with the tech giant and not yeah. the restaurant directly obviously yeah but like when it comes to building that relationship some restaurants do things like having different loyalty programs or reward systems that you would be able to redeem if you ordered or dined directly with them. But then you kind of lose that, which is another relationship building opportunity by having the middleman of the third party service. So that's kind of another thing that you can't use those kind of programs. And sometimes loyalty programs can even offer like the diner savings when ordering directly and just other perks that as they stay loyal to that Restaurant, they can receive down the line. So, that relationship building is definitely something that could get hurt in the process. Um, And then, on top of that, uh, the average delivery time is a lot less normally when you're ordering directly from the restaurant opposed to ordering with a third party so i mean i feel like that's just like a simple thing like it would be better to order directly because you'll even get your food faster
1: exactly yes and then the thing that we were we were talking about before the episode how the like something that i think a lot of restaurants view as a positive side of third of third party delivery services is that it Gets your restaurant out there, right? So, like, when you're on DoorDash and you're in a certain area, all of the restaurants near you that offer takeout come up on the app. So it it you know it gives you exposure as a restaurant. But I also think that I so I don't use DoorDash like the way it's meant to be used. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't ever order food through DoorDash. But what I do do is what especially when I'm in like a new area from traveling somewhere. I do take out. I do use the DoorDash app to search local restaurants that offer takeout and delivery, and then I just call the restaurant directly. So, like, I sort of use them. Like, I like I literally use them. <laughs> <laughs> Good, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it is. I guess it is one plus. But I think you could do that on your own so easily for no money with social media. So, I mean, really, is it worth it? No,
0: right. I mean, and I think, like, this is a conversation that's just increasingly getting more important, especially with COVID when restaurants are already suffering enough. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the articles that I was reading online were saying that these big giants are going to have to maybe move, change their business model a lot if they're going to want to, like, stay in the game. Because as these fees get worse and restaurants can't, like, actually afford this anymore, then they're going to hopefully be moving away from using the third party and then or the third party is going to have to shift their model and maybe like just be forced to hopefully like cut their fees down because right. like this isn't going to be a sustainable option for the industry. Right. Agree. But this all being said, there was a lot of positive with this the research that we've been hearing about in that like. 70 70 percent of online consumers in a survey agreed that they would rather order directly from the restaurant's website preferring that they spend their money on the restaurant and not on these third-party uh services and so that's a positive but i feel like i mean i feel like a lot of people who are outside of the industry still like that aren't aware of the actual extent of how much that these third parties are taking away like or, when you're ordering takeout I feel like especially people my age like the terminology is just like let's order Grubhub like yep. let's DoorDash it's like a verb that's synonymous with getting takeout mm-hmm. but so it feels like it's kind of like it been embedded like that into our everyday lives but it's definitely able to change if like We just like, you know, be more aware and people who aren't in the industry, just obvious. It's like obvious. Everyone's always like support local, support, support local. um, And just understand that ordering direct is making the huge difference. Absolutely.
1: And I think you brought up a good point about like generation wise, you know, like we never had, like when I was your age or in like even younger than you in college, like we didn't have those delivery services. Like the best we had was like our college hired like our college actually had delivery drivers that worked for so it was sort of like i guess it was sort of like an uber like an old school uber and it was like you called a hotline at the college and they would go pick up their food for you and bring it to you and you would like tip them and like that was cool cool. i know but you called like a landline (laughs) and they would they would take your name and you would have to pay for the order beforehand on the phone or they would come pick up your cash And then they'd bring it, like, they'd go pick up your food and bring it back, because not everyone delivered to the college. So, yeah, it's like, that was the closest thing we had, but that was just college students, and they made, like, you know, I think the restaurants paid them, like, 2% or something, and then we tipped them, and obviously the tips weren't great, so. Um, (laughs) But... Um, uh, that was all we had. So like, I don't even think about using those third party delivery services because it was never a thing, you know, and right. gone of the days that like I deliver takeout all the time. It's more like now it's just because I have a family. It's, you know, it's different, I guess. So, yeah. but I do notice that my sister, who's a generation like above me, she orders it. She uses Grubhub and DoorDash because her son is 18 and he uses it. So she's like accustomed to getting, she always uses it. And I tell her over and over again, I'm like, just go pick it up. (laughs) (laughs) You live in a a city like where everything's like really close by, like just go pick it up (laughs) or send your 18 year old son to go pick it up. (laughs) So they definitely, but she's like, Oh yeah, we just use Grubhub all the time. And I'm like, Oh, cool.
0: Don't do that. Yeah, that's so that's so interesting. So I mean, maybe part of the solution is restaurants kind of targeting the younger demographic and even like college campuses that have these restaurants that use Grubhub. Mm -hmm. And like having like so many other brands like clothing lines and stuff, they do like discounts for college students and high school students. So having some sort of specific college aged loyalty program when you order directly for delivery or when you go in dining like that kind of thing could be a place to start just right. in general cuz yeah that's that's super that's super important to consider yes
1: for sure so what can restaurants do right to who are using these services currently like there's got to be options for them either you know so that so that they're not losing as much money as they're losing right now and Option one would be to negotiate low fees with the third-party services to prevent delivery orders from eating margins, which probably isn't going to work out, <laughs> but it's an option and you can certainly try it. Or option two would be to set up your own in-house and direct food delivery service. And it's not, I mean, I know it's a, it seems daunting and it can be, but I think in the end, it's going to cost you a lot less. Of you know, like hard-earned money, or at least you'll know that the like you'll break even on both ends. But at least you'll know the money is going to like your delivery driver, right? Instead mm-hmm. of instead of DoorDash not even paying their employees as much as they're supposed to pay them. So I feel like it, you know it just it gives the restaurant more control over the guest experience, and it just ensures that at-home diners can enjoy the same quality experience at home because the delivery experience is coming from the restaurant's own team, which I think says a lot, and I think it's important. So, let's talk about some steps to creating an in house delivery system at your own restaurant. So, obviously, first and foremost, you're going to need delivery vehicles and staff. Um, You'll need to pay for delivery cars or pay your employees to use their cars. Um, And obviously, as well, and this is an issue in cities, you're going to need a parking lot or street parking available for loading. A lot of cities use bicycles. That's an option as well, obviously, probably more cost efficient. But in a place like where I live or you live, Rachel, It's probably hard to use your bicycle to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Poor kid. The poor guy from where we deliver, where we order our pizza, would have to literally drive his bike on a highway for five miles. (laughs) So that's not going to
0: (laughs) work. There was this there's this um this sandwich shop that was on my college campus and they did direct delivery and it was always a boy that was on a bike and everyone was like, oh, here he comes. He's delivering the sandwiches. Like it was so funny. <laughs> That's
1: great. There's actually, our town has, it's, I mean, this is going to sound like I live in the middle of nowhere and I don't, but our town has a country store that makes like amazing gourmet sandwiches and like breakfast sandwiches and it's so good and they have beer and wine Um, like craft beer and really good wine and their prices are really good and they have a guy who delivers um on a bike so you can call and he'll deliver to your house and they they only deliver it within our town we never use it because we live like on main street so it's like a two second walk (laughs) that would be horrible if i made him ride his bike that far but i i think it's cool i see him all the time on his bike and i'm like that's awesome but anyway sorry (laughs) i'm getting off topic um But also, obviously, that, you know, what goes along with vehicles, gas money. So regardless of whose car is being used, you will need to pay for the gas money for the driver, which makes a lot of sense. But luckily, gas is super cheap right now. So <laughs> I just filled my car this morning for seventy four a gallon. That wow. That is like, yeah, that's like 2002 money right there. So I'm happy. Uh- <laughs> Uh, you'll also obviously need to hire a dedicated delivery prep staff. We read a study, right, that said once your restaurant is processing 30 or more delivery orders per day, then you should have an employee dedicated to delivery orders. So this person would be in charge of receiving orders, making sure the food is prepared correctly, getting to-go bags ready for promotional materials, and double-checking orders before they leave the restaurant. So it's basically your, you know, your line prep guide, but, or girl, but, for delivery, because you can't expect your kitchen staff to be doing, you know, in-house orders if you're that type of restaurant in the delivery. Like you'll get, you're going to need someone else to expedite the delivery orders for sure. And it, it's just, but it can also just be somebody who already works at your restaurant, taking on, you know, working a different shift or something. I'm sure there are people that you could pay that already work in in your restaurant to do something like that. And then of course insurance. So how are you going to insure your delivery drivers? Will they need to pay for insurance or will your restaurant cover the cost? Um, There are a ton of delivery insurance plans out there for car insurance, business owners policies to cover general liabilities, and workers comp if a driver were to get injured. And I'm sure this is different state to state. And it just depends, you know, it just depends on how you want to handle it. it. There's options that are cheaper for you, options that are more expensive, but In the end, it's like, if your driver gets in an accident, if you take the cheaper cost, you're gonna be paying more then. So it's something that you have to think about. I won't go into that too much because there's obviously a lot of ways around that as well. (laughs) 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 But that's all I'll say about that. And then something that I think is, maybe doesn't seem really important, but I think it is, is your packaging. Um, You have to make sure the experience your customer is delivered when they open up the bag aligns with your restaurant brand. You don't want soggy fries, obviously, right? And I mean, you also don't want to use a lot of stuff that isn't biodegradable, because that is a bad look these days anyway. Um, and that tends, good to be, point. tends to be the cheaper stuff. So I get it. But at the same time, like there's a local restaurant that um, that does really, really good Thai takeout. And I'll never order it from there again, because everything is in like that horrible thick styrofoam that's like really bad for the environment. And I just can't. Like, I can't bring myself – and you can't even reuse it because it's just horrible. Right.
0: That's awful.
1: (laughs) And I can't, like – I just can't bring myself to order from there anymore. And my husband thinks I'm crazy. He's like, you're not going to save the world by not ordering, like, the awesome Thai food from down the street. (laughs) I'm like, but it's just – I don't know. It puts a bad taste in my mouth. I don't like it. So – and also, you can't heat your food in those things. (laughs) I can't put that in the microwave. And that makes me mad, too. So (laughs) –
0: I feel like, like some of the f- things that you get off of a Thai food menu, like curry, how are you going to have it in a styrofoam container? That's Thank kind of you. like, that's exactly. that kind of grosses me out. And you know what, we, like we just talked about aligning like your
1: brand with your takeout and like your in-house brand with your takeout. The restaurant itself, if you go into the restaurant is really nice. Like it doesn't look like a cheesy Asian restaurant. It's like really classy looking, like surprisingly classy looking. So I... Thought that when they did the delivery, I would get like those nice plastic, like reusable ones. Like that's mm-hmm. just what I expected. I mean, I get them from like the house of pizza that we order pizza from. <laughs> you know what I mean? So you would think from a place like that, but anyway, it's bizarre it is. And I don't know. Maybe maybe they'll change it once you know they're everything's back to like some normal again. Maybe they just lost too much money. But I'll, I'm not gonna order takeout. I'll go in the restaurant, but. <laughs>
0: Well, that's a good point, but another thing you're going to want to consider is to designate space for high volume deliveries. So we know that kitchens can be small, but and this could be a, a challenge depending where you are, but you can figure something out. Because once you get all of these orders coming in that you need delivered with your amazing delivery service, then you're going to need to be having the space to handle all these orders. Right. Um, So you want to create some room in your kitchen to store the orders after they've been prepared and they're being ready for the delivery worker to take out. So shelves are kind of an easy way for the delivery staff to easily see the orders physically and then to gather them and to grab the things before they head out. And I, it'll be important to create some sort of system that either like alphabetizes orders or maybe divides them depending on driver location. However, you have things set up at your uh, delivery service, but just staying organized, especially because you don't want any mix-ups happening and make sure you have the space Allocated for these things, and you can get creative. Obviously, it's it's tight space, so we know it's maybe a more challenging aspect. But you can you can do it. Absolutely. Another thing that you're gonna want to think about is food storage and transportation. So it's kind of like goes along with keeping the brand. You want to make sure that when you're bringing the food, like the prepared food, needs to stay at certain temperatures. So you're going to need to invest in like insulated bags, coolers, boxes, whatever you need to transport the food so that it stays in the proper condition. And that when it shows up to the customer's door, that it's like how they would have it as best as it could be at the restaurant. So like you said, with packaging, that's also important because it says a lot about the brand and the quality and everything when the delivery food gets there. And I've read some annoying stat. I mean, not annoying, but kind of annoying that was saying how a lot of the times when people order through third party delivery services if the food gets there like messed up then they'll blame the restaurant for it even though it could have been the third party delivery worker's fault. So yeah, I guess that is annoying. But having your own system could be a way to avoid this from happening and just like knowing that it's your own staff that's you trust more than maybe a third party person.
1: Yeah, and I'd so much rather, you know, be like angry at the poor high school kid who's delivering your food than (laughs) than to to like take the blame for something that, you know, my staff didn't actually do. So I've heard that stat as well. And it really, it upset me. I was like, that's just awful. God God forbid they take the blame for anything.
0: (laughs) Right, right. Seriously. And then another thing you're going to want to have is a reliable delivery tracking system. So some sort of system so that you can see where your drivers are in the delivery process, when they're on the way to the customer, when they're dropping up the food, or when they're returning back to your restaurant because this is going to help you plan out when drivers will be ready for the next delivery and also is a good thing for the customer to know so that they can kind of see like where they are in the process of when they should be getting their food. Um, This also is like helps you manage to make sure that the wait times aren't too long if you have a good system in place where you're able to track and see how things are going. And it also probably helps with like over time, you get a better understanding once after you have set this up, you get a better understanding of how the whole ecosystem of your delivery system works and just getting a better grip on that so you can make improvements. Yeah,
1: that's a good point.
0: Yeah. And then you have to establish a payment process obviously. So, when does the customer submit the payment? When the food is ordered or once it's delivered? Your acceptable payment methods like cash, credit cards, Apple Pay, like there's all sorts of different payment methods these days. So, and also, you know, considering what can be a universal thing that most people are able to use um so you can be inclusive of all guests. And then how you'll have your receipts. Is it going to be physical? Is it going to be emailed? things like that, just all the things that encompass having a payment process in check. Yep. And then lastly, you're going to want to choose a communication method. So if a driver needs something or something went wrong, or they have a question or some anything, if the driver needs to be able to communicate with the restaurant, how are they going to do that? So maybe like you could give the worker a phone or they could use their own, but then would they be in reverse for the minutes at work? So there's definitely a couple different ways that you could go about that. But regardless, you need to have some sort of communication method so that if something were to come up that the driver would be able to reach the restaurant and vice versa as well.
1: Right. And I highly doubt, I mean, obviously this list is a very thorough list and we're giving you every, you know, possible thing that you might have to consider when when, you know, starting your own delivery service. But with that said, like I highly doubt that all of the you know, delivery service giants out there <laughs> do all of these things. Um, right. so, you know, it, it's good to be thorough, but at the same time, like if, you know, I don't know some of these things, I think that it can be, you know, forgotten in the beginning maybe, but for sure all important points, but yeah, I just think that, I just think that the delivery, like the third party services say they do more for their employees than they do. Maybe I'm just being, you know, skeptical, but, um, but right. never given us any reason not to be so <laughs> <laughs> we're
0: just we're just going with what we know in our gut.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Always go with your gut.
0: <laughs> but I mean, regardless, hopefully like this could give some tips into setting up your own delivery service so that you can move away from the third party because it does it will have a benefit in the long run. Because like we were saying, like maybe these seem like a daunting list, and it could seem like it would be really expensive. But in the long run, it hopefully and probably won't be as bad as what third-party delivery services are making you pay right. and taking from you. And if anything, you know that it's going into the pockets of your own employees, like you had said before.
1: Absolutely, I think that's the most important thing is that we have no need to give them more money than they already have. You know, it's like <laughs> it's support your employees and support yourself and and your business first and foremost, obviously. So.
0: Mic drop. Mic drop.
1: <laughs> and also, I just want to throw in that coming soon, Triple C will have something, an added feature that will help our customers with takeout and delivery services. Just saying. Not allowed to say anything else about it, but, you know, hopefully soon. <laughs> holding my breath. Actually, not holding my breath because I'd be dead by now. So. <laughs> But yeah. We did say coming soon this October, but um sometimes good things uh take longer than they're supposed to
0: or originally yeah. did to. Is a better way to put it. So, definitely before Thanksgiving. Don't worry, guys. <laughs> God, I hope so. <laughs> I compared
1: that release to an oven that my husband and I we ordered an oven in August because ours broke and they promised it would be here by September 1st and I don't know if you guys realize this but it's now October 23rd and um no oven so (laughs) (laughs) and I said to him last night because we were like trying to call the company and like scream at them and I was like god this is like um that feature that I can't say its name (laughs)
0: let's hope no one on the development team is listening to this
1: no they understand it's fine (laughs) Never going to get my oven ever. That's the way it'll
0: come the same day that this release happens. Don't
1: just wait. God help me. It better.
0: (laughs) Everyone, thank you so much for listening. Thank you as always.
1: And if you enjoyed this episode, please give us a follow and a five star review because that's how we get out there and that's how we grow this fantastic podcast. And we keep coming to you every Friday.
0: Let's do this, team. (laughs) Talk to you guys soon. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Two Chicks, Three Seats,
1: your events industry podcast brought to you by Triple Seat, the industry leader for event management software.
0: Find out more about Triple Seat at TripleSeat.com.